All information given in this episode is for educational purposes and should not be tried prior to consulting a licensed physician and or certified state or accrediting bodies. We encourage all listeners to research, talk, and make all inquiries to all of the important professionals and governing bodies before acting on any information heard on the Day Love It podcast. Any action taken by any listener is done by and under their own omission and action, whether conscious to the results, positive or not. Salutations and proclamations. It is I, it is you, it is us, it is we. Together we make up the digital family that is the De La Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Philly's number one son, aka the body alchemist, Sun Moon Bay, bringing you another podcast excursion. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue the discussion, the 360 discussion that is the holistic fitness and health movement known as the De La Fit Podcast. Today we have our interview with Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Dr. Lindsay Elmore is a speaker, author, world-renowned wellness expert, and founder and owner of Lindsay Elmore Enterprises. Lindsay analyzes data, translates complicated science into understandable stories. A chemist and a clinical pharmacist, she travels the world educating audiences about natural wellness, and now she is here to speak with all of us. Now, this is an interview that we had in latter part of 2019 miss elmore is incredibly busy and we wanted to make sure that we got this interview as soon as possible we had a little difficulty as far as our schedules but we finally got it and i wanted to save this because the interview i thought was so good that it needed to be played going into our 2020 year so this is going to be a highly interesting conversation as we talk with Dr. Lindsay Elmore, and she breaks down about becoming more plant-based and how to keep variety in your newly started plant-based diet, aka possibly vegan or vegetarian, no matter what. This is a highly interesting conversation that I think anybody can enjoy, whether you are plant-based or thinking about being plant-based or you are not plant-based at all. My pleasure to introduce Dr. Lindsay Elmore. You're now tuned in to the De La Fit Podcast. Three sixty degrees of holistic fitness and health. That is the De La Fit Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. We have with us Dr. Lindsay Elmore. Uh, she's going to be uh, with us to have this conversation. You know, in the lexicon of American culture, much has changed when it comes to uh, diet, where it comes to our food and eating habits. I remember in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, if you mentioned anything other than being a red, red-blooded American who ate meat, 
then everything else was looked at as taboo. And much has changed. So much has changed now in our 2019 years uh, and going into the year 2020 as we're coming. Uh, Dr. Lindsay, um, should I call you doctor? What do you prefer? <laughs> I do not care. I am easy breezy. You can call me Lindsay or you can call me Doc. You can call me Dr. Elmore. I answer to all of them. So whatever makes you the most comfortable works for me. All right, Lindsay. Lindsay, Dr. Lindsay Elmore, she's here. She's going to be joining us. And we're going to be having this conversation about uh, being vegan or vegan, uh, plant, or I should say more plant-based diet, um, how to keep things fresh, and also a little bit more uh, in-depth information. But before we start, Lindsay, let's talk to you. Tell us a little bit about how your fitness and holistic journey began, because you are, um, uh, if I correct, you have your pharmacist as well, right? Or you study pharmacy, and um, you have a wealth of uh, information and um, degrees. So give us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and now reside in um, Harlem, up in New York City. And I have a degree in chemistry and have a doctorate in pharmacy, and I am licensed to practice pharmacy in three states. So as a kid, I always wanted – I was always interested in science, but I always wanted to be an actress and a singer. And my mom always said, no, you got to have a real job. You can't be an actress and a singer. And so I found a way kind of to merge those two worlds over the years. I learned a lot about pharmacy, learned a lot about science, um, began as a biology major, and then switched over to chemistry. So I kind of got – a well-rounded um, background in my knowledge of science. And then when I was in pharmacy school, I tore my ACL. And when you tear your ACL, you get put into a leg brace. And that leg brace alters the way that you walk. And anybody who has had any damage to their body that alters the way that you walk, eventually it alters the structure of your body. It alters the way that your kinetics are put together. So I realized one day that I could not sit squarely on both of my sitting bones. And I thought, heck, I got to do something about this. And so I went to the chiropractor for the first time. And the mm -hmm. chiropractor mentioned, I told her, I said, you know, I am really struggling to sleep at night. I was in as anybody who's done a doctorate level program is, it's extraordinarily stressful. There's a lot of pressure on you. And I was really struggling to sleep. And it had been about a month since I had had a full night's sleep uninterrupted without any, without any wake-ups. And oftentimes my wake-ups would be over an hour to two hours in length. And so it was very disturbing for my health and wellness. The chiropractor said, I think you should go see an acupuncturist. And I went to an acupuncturist for the first time and it completely opened my eyes to the fact that there are so many different interpretations of health and wellness and that what I had been exposed to throughout my entire life, which was my mom bring, being a nurse and bringing home every new drug and, you know, just saying like, I wonder what this will do and, you know, and bringing home um, every vaccine and just really that being a part of my life and working in the medical system since I was a teenager 
And I realized that there was an entirely different concept of medicine within five-point acupuncture. And it inspired me to say, you know what, there gotta, there has to be some other people who are interested in this. Because I knew it was fascinating to me to think about, whoa, what if health is not only in your physical body? What if health is not the absence of disease, but actually the way that we eat, the way that we exercise, the way that we meditate? And as you said, we have been through a dramatic transformation. When we have extraordinarily high-profile physicians, such as uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, saying things like, guys, you can heal chronic disease by changing the way you eat, changing the mm -hmm. way that you meditate and exercise, and paying attention to the signals that your body is giving you. And so I kind of became that wacky pharmacist. I was the pharmacist that would sit down with you and just flash through a medicine list and, and get back to physicians and be like, hey, we've got duplicate meds here. We've got interacting meds here. We need to streamline this process. And I was also the pharmacist that would say, okay, you want to change your life, but you're going to have to actually take some steps to do that. What would it take for you to eat a plant-based meal once a day? What would it take for you to stop drinking six diet sodas a day and maybe just drink three as well as three glasses of water. So small changes were where I started and eventually I just became a part of a real revolution that is happening in health and wellness with people really waking up that the models that our parents practiced don't work for us anymore. Right. Um, I'm smiling while you're, you're speaking because uh, I, I love how you're already uh, modeling the 360 mantra that we follow here. And, it, and it's becoming so prevalent um, to, I think, society that, you know, we have to go beyond just what we've taught. What are some of the things that you experienced during this change? Because I know... Um, you know, most people like myself, when when you do that change, people ask you that one of the simplest questions, you know, like for me being vegan, well, where are you going to get your protein? You know, some of those uh, questions and things like that. What are some of the things you dealt with? Was there any, uh, um, uh, how how should I say, uh, where is it, were your family a little like perplexed or, you know, what, what was, what, what did you face? So I, I definitely faced a lot. Um, so my, my story with food actually begins as a battle and it's taken me a long time to have a really healthy and honest relationship with food. So I struggled with bulimia as a preteen and as a teenager and even into my early twenties. And as a part of that process of saying, I, can only eat certain things, I became a vegetarian. And I became a vegetarian mm. for all of the wrong reasons. And it was simply, you know, a little bit of defiance for my family because my family right. was very, as you said, red-blooded American. We were from the South. We eat meat and potatoes. Um, and so part of it was a defiance for my family, but another huge part of it was just self-abuse and the lack of value on my own life. And so when I did that, my family really struggled with it because they asked me the same things. Where are you going to get calcium? Where are you going to get protein? 
Where are you going to get all of these nutrients that in many ways since the Industrial Revolution and especially the establishment of the USDA back in the 1940s, we've really been brainwashed to think that milk is the only source of calcium and meat is the only source of protein. It is simply not true. So I face those same things, but as I grew into an adult and I went through a time, and so my my, my initial stint with vegetarianism ended um, when I was camping in California, and I said, hey guys, how can I help cook breakfast? And they said, fry this pound of bacon. And I said, sure. And they ended up putting bacon grease into the eggs, the potatoes, the biscuits, wow. the everything. And so I just thought, maybe this is a time. I had just moved from Alabama to California, and I thought, maybe this is a time that I give up. Even though it was vegetarian, it was an extraordinarily unhealthy eating pattern that was based around the desire to be skinny and be that ideal version of a woman that no real woman actually is. And so I said, maybe this is a time that I do a break from this. And I spent mm. many a year eating whatever I wanted. I ate, a, I was a true omnivore for many a year. Then okay. I discovered a book called Quantum Wellness by Kathy Preston. And it, and, you know, it was one of the Oprah's book clubs. God bless Oprah. She's still touting meatless meals today. She's currently covering a book, um, One Meal for the Planet, which basically the author says, look, if you can eat one plant-based meal a day, you are on annual saving millions of gallons of water. So because of um, Oprah Winfrey and introducing me to Kathy Freston's book, Quantum Wellness, I embarked on my first ever truly vegan and gluten-free and caffeine-free and alcohol-free and sugar-free cleanse and absolutely just thought, and this was back, you know, in 2008 when right. we didn't have good meat substitutes. We didn't have good plant-based meats and plant-based cheeses. The industry had not exploded um, back then, but I did it. And I said, hey, I've got, I've got eight friends and we all did it together. So for three weeks, we all just committed to it and did it. And so as I, again, grew more, I became very angry with the food system because I got very angry about genetically modified food. I got very angry about the monoculturalization of our plants because I knew from my own upbringing in, in the rural and suburban South that having diversity among farms was the only way that farms survived. So I became a very staunch anti-genetically modified food advocate. I became completely vegan, then went back and said, okay, I'm going to explore farms that actually raise animals for meat and I want to go and experience and see what this looks like and understand how it sits with my soul. I honestly mm. think anyone who eats meat should do themselves a favor and go and see an animal be slaughtered, be butchered, be cooked. And if that sits okay with you and you feel like, you know what, this is part of my diet, cool, that's all right. But for a lot of people, 
seeing the death and the trauma that is being inflicted on some other life form is very, very challenging. And so I encourage people who are omnivores to look in the face of what you are doing. And so eventually, through all of this trial and error and all of these different ways of eating from being completely omnivorous as a child to starving myself for so many years during my preteens and teenage years to being a vegetarian for all the wrong reasons, I eventually landed at what is true for me, which is, man, my house is so much healthier when all I am eating is gluten-free and vegan food. I feel better, I sleep better, you know, it's better sex, it's better breath in the morning. It's all of the things that people want in their lives, but they allow other people to give those voices of, you're not gonna have enough protein, you're not gonna have enough calcium. Mm -hmm. I, I lost relationships because of it. I had a boyfriend who was just like, you know, if you don't eat meat, I just don't see how we can be together. And now I'm wow. at the opposite end, right? I know. Wow. And now I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum and my partner is um, completely vegan and has been for a while. And so it's interesting because now I am a flexitarian. So my home is all gluten-free and vegan. And if I feel like it, I will go out and eat a pizza, you know? I think that true health is about the balance between putting healthy food in your body as well as experiencing the joy that can come with food. And I have learned that vegan food can be delicious, satisfying, nutrient-dense, filling all of the things that we associate with food. And I've also learned through the writings of one of my favorite authors, Janine Roth, that Americans especially have to shift the way that we think about food. Food is not necessarily for when you're bored or when you're sad <laughs> or when you're celebrating. Food is actually there to nourish your body and to be a part of the social fabric that weaves us all together. You know, food we think of as, oh, this culture or that culture, but really food is very similar across all cultures. And that exploration is important for me as well. So I faced some pushback, but eventually once I demonstrated to my friends and my family and also found a partner who wanted to have the same lifestyle at least at home as I did. As soon as you show people that food can be delicious and that food can be accessible and easy to cook even when it is a hundred plant a hundred percent plant-based People get on, on board very quickly. As long as the food is delicious and filling, even the most staunch meat eater will be on board. You know, you touched on so much, Lindsay. Um, I, again, I'm smiling because I, I, first I salute you because you, you started a journey and you really dissected it. And I feel that so many individuals, when we start uh, these journeys, um, we we get inspired we're, we're motivated we want to you know change our path and we we're looking outwardly 
but we get lost in the shuffle and because it is so much about us that we because we're not seeing that um that inspiration say on instagram or you know we're it's just by we're just by ourselves it starts to leave us but you actually took it apart and even looked at why you had become vegetarian was like you know what let let me get deeper into this what do you think stops people from doing that oh a a zillion and a half things (laughs) i mean i think i think honestly i think marianne williamson truly said it best we are not scared of failure we are scared that we are powerful beyond measure and the fact of the matter is that fear holds so many people back from peeling back those layers you know i would talk to my patients back when i was practicing pharmacy and they would express being so frustrated with being overweight being so frustrated with not being able to play with their children um outside be so frustrated about not knowing how to embrace health and I would sit across the table and I'm like wow okay I'm really making a living right now telling people to eat more hey everyone we hope that you're enjoying the interview thus far We'd just like to take some quick time out to remind everybody to like, follow, share, and subscribe. With every like, follow, share, and subscription, it helps the Daylight Fit podcast to grow. And the more we grow, the more information we can bring to you, the listener. So please, take some time out, like, follow, share, and subscribe. Thank you. sleep more, meditate, quiet your mind, and exercise. We all know what we Mm. need to do to be healthy. We need to cut out toxic relationships. We need to drink more water. We need to exercise, sleep, and eat well. It's not rocket science, but the fear that we are truly powerful beyond measure, I think prevents people from peeling back those layers. I also think that there is a ton of fear purported on the internet because if you listen to Malcolm Gladwell, a fantastic writer, Malcolm says the very definition of news is that it is newsworthy. It is supposed Mm. to be something so far outside of the norm that it is worth reporting on. This is why simple domestic violence cases do not get reported. It's why it's why most instances of racism do not get reported because it is so prolific. We don't even see it anymore. And so when a new study comes out that says vegan-based diets do not provide enough protein. That is the way that the media can go, vegan diets are dangerous, vegan diets are this. The study that came out just a couple weeks ago that said red meat is healthy in all instances, and there were immediately like six 
responses saying, no, no, we know really well that red meat is not healthy in all instances. And so the fear mongering and the salacious headlines, which in our 24 hour news cycle is all that gets people's attention. People are looking for the increasingly more and more provocative content. And mm. so if someone gets online and they go, oh my gosh, this one study says that there's not enough calcium in vegan diet, and you allow that to sway you and to play into our inherent fears that our own choices and intuition are not enough, you end up sitting down in the cycle of, I just feel like crap. You know, I drink away right. my feelings. I take opiates because I actually, it's not that I don't want to feel pain, it's that I don't want to feel anything. And so we have an epidemic, especially among younger people. This is something that I don't think our grandparents, our grandparents in most of our grandparents were not alcoholics, were not drug addicts. Our parents started to party a little bit more. But among young people today, we have an epidemic of numbing behaviors because we're bombarded with so much information that it becomes like, I, I just got to turn off all of this. Right. And I truly think it goes back to an innate fear that we're not good enough. And we have to overcome that fear in order to say, yeah, I'm actually going to eat food that makes me feel good. It's not it's not revolutionary until you say it so simply. I want to eat food that makes me feel better, period. And then find out what that food is. Explore and find out and keep a food journal. Keep a food journal of how did you sleep? How was your morning breath? How was your poop today? How is your energy <laughs> level? All of those things are simple and easy to track and honestly can be really fun if you take a moment to explore your relationship with your own body. Uh, Lizzie, I'm sorry. I, I'm just I'm smiling again because, first of all, um, uh, I know my, 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 my father and mother would love you. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> Thank that, you. <laughs> that's the type of uh, individuals they are. Uh, and that's what I was blessed enough to grow um, grow up with. Um, I think it is, first of all, tremendous. And you touched on so many things. Uh, I'm going to ask uh, some of these questions right here because I know that I feel like this could go on forever. But I'm going to ask this, <laughs> this, uh, this particular question. This is one I, I get a lot uh, from individuals uh, dealing with thinking that uh, a plant-based diet can be very limiting. Um, how do you, as a vegan cook, keep it fresh? Well, I think that our limited thinking really plays into the monoculturalization that has happened within our food system. But if I were to take a step back and go, all right, what are some heirloom brands? What are some varietals that maybe I haven't tried? You know, if you think about it, there are dozens and dozens of different varieties of squashes that we can try out that humans have been eating for a long time. But, you know, have you really explored your acorn squash and your butternut squash along with your delicata squash and your dumpling squash and your patapan squash? And so you can explore 
explore different ingredients. I also, I think that we fall into, you know, it's, it's black beans, it's pinto beans, it's chickpeas. But when's the last time you picked up an azuki bean or, you know, your, what about your watermelon radish versus just your mm-hmm. regular salad radish? So incorporating new vegetables is always really great. Incorporating new grains, be they gluten-free or non-gluten-free, also excellent. And I know in my cooking, one of the things that has diversified my diet the most is explorations of different cultural foods. So just the other day, I was listening to a podcast and I heard about a Persian dish called tadig that I had never heard of, never cooked. Well, this is one of the quintessential Persian dishes. So I went, I got the ingredients and I cooked one. Was it perfect? Of course not. Could a Persian grandma do it in her sleep way better than me? Of course she could. But it brought in a new dish that my my partner, who is um, Puerto Rican, raised in New York, he said to me, he's like, oh, that is like the Puerto Rican version of this. So then it opened up a new a new mindset of like, okay, if this dish is cooked in Iran and it's cooked with saffron and cumin seeds and fenugreek seeds, but then it's also cooked in a variety in Puerto Rico where it's got more spice, more cayenne, more chili powders. How can I take the same dish and make it taste completely different, you know? And I think it's a wonderful way for parents to explore with their children as well. You know, I think that one of the objections I get from moms is, you know, my kids don't want to eat these vegetables. But studies have very, very clearly shown that if you include your children in the meal planning process, as well as the shopping process, it gets them excited about what this food is actually going to taste like. So I have seen parents do plan out 12 months where, you know, January is we're going to explore Japanese food, February we're going to explore South African food, you know, and going through the different parts of the world and allowing yourself to become open to new spices, new cooking methods, goodness gracious, new fermented foods, which are Mm -hmm. so hugely valuable in a plant-based diet because they add probiotics that we need as well as a tang that we need and as well as a crunch in many situations. And so you can explore different ethnic varieties of food because, you know, even watching Anthony Bourdain, who... God rest his soul, was a fantastic cook, super opposed to the vegan diet. Guess what he did on one episode? He went to Uruguay, which is a country that is very, very heavily based in beef and cow proteins. And he went and hung out with some with some Uruguayans who were vegan. And he said, you guys have got to be the only three vegans in this country. And they're like, ha, 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 no, we're not. We got a Facebook group, you know? And so explore culturally because that's going to bring ingredients into your home that you never cooked with as a child. I mean, goodness knows I never had coconut milk and lemongrass and kefir lime leaves 
in my kitchen as a kid, but I do now because I understand how Thai food is put together and how you can infuse lots of different flavors. And once you get used to cooking this way, some of my favorite meals that I cook are refrigerator diving. You know, the end of the week where you've got leftovers from here, there, and everywhere, and you just dive into that refrigerator, see what you've got, make life easier on yourself. Don't force yourself to soak every bean that you cook in your house. Nobody, <laughs> nobody ever got in trouble from opening a can of beans and getting dinner on the table in 30 minutes. So. Throw the dogma out the window and just have fun cooking. That's all there is. Just have fun cooking. If you're walking through the grocery store and you see a rice that is red and you go, I've never eaten red rice. Get some red rice. It's going to cook either like the white version or the brown version or some way in between. Just have fun with it. I love it. I love it. Um, you do. <laughs> I love it. I'm so hyped right now. Uh, oh, uh, everybody you. knows that. Listen to this. <laughs> they know when I get hyped how it is. Um, you developed a gluten-free vegan cleanse. What is yes. the science behind the cleanse? And does it um, does everyone need to do it? I think that there is good science between uh, among cleansing, also among intermittent fasting, just giving your body a rest, a time to step away from pro-inflammatory foods because even if we attempt to eat healthy these days, there are so many pro-inflammatory foods. Wheat used to be an extraordinarily tolerable part of the human diet, but because of the genetic modification of wheat dating back over a hundred years, we introduced new allergenic genomes into wheat. And so wheat has become less digestible. And so I was talking with a friend of mine about even something simple like intermittent fasting, where you just say, you know what, I'm going to eat all of the food that I eat within a six to eight hour time frame throughout the day. And why is that important? It's because you know what? If you have that moment where you're at the baseball park and you know that you're eating French fries or you're eating something that you know is pro-inflammatory, that you know is not the best for you, maybe you're having a couple of beers alongside it, which you know is your body handles exactly like any other toxin. There is a reason that alcohol is an intoxicant. Um, mm -hmm. And so it gives your body a chance to rest, to rest and recover and have even just a few hours a day that you can move more out of your bowels and help your body to recover and to detoxify. Plant-based cleanses have been shown to do a lot of great things that people want in their lives. We're always talking about medications as a way to reduce the risk of coronary heart disease. So does eating plants to decrease blood pressure, total cholesterol, and bad cholesterol, reducing the risk of diabetes and metabolic syndrome, as well as body weight and waist and hip circumference. So you're reducing your metabolic risk factors while also 
having a decreased body weight, decreased waist and hip circumference, which for a lot of people means a boost in their spirit, a boost in their self-confidence, perhaps even a decreased risk of depression. And we also see for the guys listening or for the women in out listening who have men in their lives who say, I'm not going to eat a plant-based diet. This is not masculine. We also see that eating plants increases testosterone and decreases the instance of erectile dysfunction. And be they, you know, straight, gay, bi, whatever, we also see more satisfied sexual relationships among people who eat more plants. So whether it is just saying, I'm going to do meatless Monday, I'm going to eat one meal a day because of the environmental impacts of eating plants, or if you decide, I want to go completely vegan, there are amazing health benefits to eating plants. It's Michael Greger said it best. We need to be eating plants like our life depends on it because it does. Lindsay, I, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview. Um, I'm, I'm smiling again all the way. I, I love it. I'm energized. I hope that all actually I don't hope I know that all the listeners are energetic. I want you to uh, tell the individuals because you have a book out. Am I correct? I do. Yeah. So our next clean slate cleanse, which is our gluten free, vegan, caffeine, sugar and alcohol free cleanse begins on January 1st. You can come and check out the brand new website, www.cleanslatecleanse.com. If you're ready to get started right now, there is a cookbook with over a hundred easy to access recipes as well as a workbook. So if you are entering into a gluten-free and vegan diet for the very first time, you can actually have some exercises to help shift your mind, you know, to really give you something to do every day that is not eating meat and indulging in food and really getting down to the relationship that we have with food. The cleanse is here to make people feel better. If you'd like to feel better just by eating better food, come join the Clean Slate Cleanse. And please share your social media where people can get in touch with you. And, and before you do, I just want to let everybody know that 100%, Dr. Lindsay, you're a boss. 100% for all my listeners Aww. out there. I mean, we're, you're, I'm, I'm just going to give a little bit. I know we talked about it in the beginning, but you're, you, you run your own company and have built a seven figure business. So let's, for everybody out there, you know, that's listening, you're, you're listening to a boss, 100% capital. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. 100% capital, maybe. But, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Anybody can be a boss. It just takes, it just takes being passionate about something and sharing it with other people. So, you know, everybody can do what I do. And all I'm doing is just, I just want people to help. I just want to help people feel better. And I think that we have an epidemic of people who just think that feeling bad is the way that we feel. This is not true, and I'm happy to help. And so 
Um, if you want to follow me on social media, my website is www.lindsayelmore.com. You can also come to cleanslakeclems.com. You can find at Lindsay Elmore at cleanslakeclems on Instagram, as well as Dr. Lindsay Elmore on Twitter and on Pinterest. Lindsay, again, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. We're going to definitely uh, try to get you back. I know you're a busy person, but uh, because we could talk on and on. That's how I feel. This is a great uh, interview. This is awesome. Everyone. Thank you so much. I'd like to extend my thanks to Dr. Lindsay Elmore for coming on to the De La Fit podcast and giving us the benefit of her information and her experience, uh, letting us know more about the benefits of a plant-based diet, whether you're considering being vegan, vegetarian, or if you are just interested in adding more plant-based uh, type of foods to your diet. You know, health is wealth. Anything that you're trying to achieve in this world, you need to be healthy in order to do. And that's not just physical. It's mental, spiritual. It's the whole 360 degrees that we always talk about. That is truly health. And we need to continue to think about that. We need to continue to get it to be a part of our everyday mode of thinking. From the time we go to bed to the time we wake up, our health is the most important thing. Once we realize that, once we actually take that to a point where we can actually enact every day a moment of making sure that we're healthy, then that's where we will begin to be much more successful, not only as individuals, but as human beings. As always, thank you, everybody, for joining us here at the De La Fit Podcast. Please do us the favor. Love yourself. Because if you love yourself, definitely know, definitely know that you will love others in the correct manner. Please be safe out there. Peace and love. You've been listening to the Delafit Podcast. Ta-ta for now.